welcome to another chapter of Family Fiction's Christian Fiction Bookshelf Podcast, where we give you a deeper look into your favorite Christian authors and the inspirations, research, and methodology that goes into writing the books you love to read. Here's your host, Jamie Vaughn. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Vaughn with the latest chapter of the Christian Fiction Bookshelf Podcast. Today's chapter of the Christian Fiction Bookshelf Podcast is brought to you by Bethany House. And our guest today is Tony Shiloh, here to talk to us about her latest book, To Win a Prince. Hi, Tony. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me on today. Well, thank you for coming on. Now, I'm going to tell you, It's very rare to see an African-American woman in the Christian fiction space. So this really excited me to see this book coming out. So excited to see um, Oprah has recognized it as one of the most anticipated books, romance novels of 22. And that's pretty exciting to me as well. So I would love for you to share with the viewers about this book, which I think is the second in the series, correct? That's correct. Um, The first one was In Search of a Prince. Um, set in a fictional world called Aloro, LA. And this book, To Win a Prince, is about the best friend of the queen from the first book. Okay. And where is it set? Um, So it's set in Aloro, really. It's a fictional country I made up. Um, Portray it off the coast of West Africa in the Gulf of Guinea, Mm -hmm. um, probably southern of Nigeria. Gotcha. Okay. I don't think there's anything really there, but now now there oh, is. Really is. Yes. It's kind of like Princess Diaries, where Genovia is in between Spain and Portugal. Totally. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your inspiration for this book? Uh, so when I originally pitched this to Bethany House, I pitched um, In Search of a Prince. Mm-hmm. And then they asked me if I had any other ideas. And the logical step for me was the Queen's best friend, mm-hmm. Iris. Um, she just immediately came alive for me, um, which doesn't happen too often. Usually I feel like I have to kind of dig through a person's character and ask all the questions, even though they can't talk back, but it's just my process. Um, but she had a lot to say and her story just immediately, um, I knew that she would have trouble with her emotions, that they got the best of her, um, not in that she was upset, but she's a dreamer. Mm-hmm. And so she creates these dreams. And then when they don't come into fruition, she has to deal with the grief and the heartache that comes with that. Um, and I thought the best person that would suit for her is um, the hero, Econ, who he kind of does the opposite. He does the richest to rags, um, mm-hmm. gets punished for his... Um, what do you want to call it? His uh, disruption and in search of a prince. So he's dealing with that in this book. So he has a redemptive arc okay. for him. All right. Um, so how do you think that this book would serve a Christian fiction reader and also people who are Black, Indigenous, or people of color? Sure. So Christian as a whole, um, there's definitely faith elements um, into when a prince, you get a little of that prodigal story told when you go on econ's journey. And then too, with Irish, she learns to ground her dreams in God. Um, so you definitely have the faith elements, you have the romance um, elements. And then for author uh, readers of color, you get to see people who look like you, um, mm-hmm. who experience things that you've been through. Um, and in this case, it's set in Africa. 
-hmm. So even though it's a fictional country, you still get that Western African culture thrown Mm -hmm. in, um, which I had a blast exploring um, because I'm, I've never been to Africa. So I got to do a lot of research Mm -hmm. and talk to some friends who live in the area and get their feedback on the story. Mm -hmm. I can tell you, I've been to South Africa absolutely amazing. I would go back in a heartbeat. And I worked for a Christian publishing company and I had all of Africa as my territory that I took care of. And so I had to talk to um, these amazing bookstores in Nigeria all the time. So that culture, I can I can bet, pleads into what you're doing since it's set so close to that area. So yeah, I hope you get to go. It's absolutely amazing. Um, so what challenges did you feel like you came up against when you were writing this book? Uh- That's a great question. So um, I actually wrote this book during a really trying time in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband had got laid off one job and we were basically trying to figure out what to do. It happened to coincide with the end of a lease. Um, And I was like, I have no bandwidth to to write this story. Um, But I did a lot of praying. Um, Thankfully, he got a job. and we found a place mm-hmm. and like the story like literally poured out of me the first draft in six weeks. Wow. Um, such a God moment. Mm-hmm. I, I always pray before I write stories, but this mm-hmm. one was definitely like, I can't explain it. I really can't. Like um, there was no denying that his presence was with me. Um, because I normally don't write stories in six weeks. Like yeah. if I did, I'd have a lot more stories behind my name. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one challenge, like nav- navigating my life, um, going through all of that and writing the story. Um, but also because I've never been to Africa, um, even though I had someone who sensitivity read the book for me, there's still always that worry. Did I represent the area correctly? Mm-hmm. Um, am I going to offend anyone? Is anyone going to see like my heart? Uh, what I was trying to do instead of any um, full pause I may have had and offending someone knowing that wasn't my intention. Right. I understand. I, I do understand that. So um, what lesson do you hope that the reader takes away? You know, they, they've read the book chapter to chapter and, and finished that last sentence, that last period, the end comes along. What do you hope that they take away? Definitely that God's grace can see through anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Econ and Iris are two different people. Mm-hmm. Um, Iris had a cushy, happy upbringing, you know, two parents, um, the parents are well off, but she still had to struggle with seeing dreams, you know, shatter. Mm-hmm. And Econ, you know, is a prince, he's royal, and he messes up royally, of course. Um, and his background started without God. So he really had to figure out who God was in his life and what that meant. Like, could he basically come back from his mistakes? And so I think both of them both had a different measure of God's grace, but it was still God's grace. Mm -hmm. I love how God will meet you wherever you are. You know, doesn't matter which way you came to him. You've been with him your whole life or you just found him. It's, it's still the same. He loves you the same. And and I I love that redemptive quality in our father so much. So 
have to tell me, what did it feel like to find out Oprah had named you to her most anticipated romance novel list? Yes. When I saw the Oprah Daily article, um, I don't even remember. Oh, I got tagged. So um, Mm -hmm. Amy Matthews tagged me in it. And I was confused because it said Oprah Daily. And I was like, okay, what is this? So, you know, I start reading and then I see, um, I saw In Search of a Prince listed. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, did I miss something? Like, I gotta scroll back up. Like, no, like, and so Mimi recommended um, In Search of a Prince. Um, and it was listed on Oprah Daily and surreal moment. Like, everybody knows Oprah. Right. And, like, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe this. And I, so I, I got to mess with a few people. Mm-hmm. Um, like with my friends, I just shared the link. I didn't say anything about it. I just, I was like, oh, look at this. And so then when they all see that the book was, they're like, oh my goodness. And then I did the same thing with my mom and she, she really, <laughs> she really uh, freaked out over it. So mm-hmm. it was, it was fun to see that everyone else had the same reaction I pretty yeah. much had. Yeah. That's amazing. Cause whether, whether you like Oprah or don't like Oprah, she has influence, massive influence. So to, to have somebody, whether it's her or somebody on her team, recognize your book and say, this is a great book and this author is amazing. And you got to, you know, you've got to read everything from her. That's, you know, that stamp of approval has got to mean a lot. Definitely. Um, yeah. I will never forget that. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me what's next for you. Or is there going to be a third? Um. I want to say sort of, um, I do have plans to, um, make a novella in the same world. Okay. Um, but it will be indie published, um, coming in a Royal anthology, um, early 2023. Um, but next what's next with Bethany house. Um, I actually, um, signed a three book contract with them. So it's going to be a series. Um, think celebrity, um, romance and you know good enjoyable chaos (laughs) (laughs) well I am so excited to see what happens next for you to see what door God opens next for you Tony and everybody if you like this chapter of the Christian fiction bookshelf make sure to subscribe also Tony's book is out now to win a prince. Make sure to go and pick it up in your local Christian bookstore if you can. If not, pick it up wherever you buy books. And Tony, best wishes. We're so excited for you and can't wait to see what happens. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thanks for listening to Family Fiction's Christian Fiction Bookshelf Podcast. Stay up to date on all things Christian fiction at familyfiction.com. Christian Fiction Bookshelf is produced by Ross Kluver, hosted by Jamie Vaughn, and edited by Brandon Woolham. Subscribe today wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll never miss a chapter.